0: This is the Common Sense Podcast presented by Tamar. I'm your host, Tamar Weinberg, founder and CEO of Tamar, and I will be talking to people of all walks of life who have suffered adversity and overcome to rise above the ashes and now make self-care and wellness an absolute priority. Hey, everybody. Today, I have a, a neighbor, almost, really. Uh, I have Dina Bakowitz, aka Fireball Dina, who is, she used to live really very close to me. Um, in Westchester County, New York. Now, tell me, tell where are you now? And, and thank you so much for joining.
1: Oh, I'm, I'm so excited to be here. As I said to you, I, I love the stage. I, I've never met a camera, an audience, a microphone or a spotlight that I didn't love. Um, I am a speaker, I'm a comic, I'm a coach, and I have lived in New York City. I moved to New York City December 1st, 1999. And during that time, I did live in Westchester for a couple of years um, in Mamaroneck which is where I launched my business, Fireball Network, eventually moved my way back to the city. And uh, sadly, now I am uh, forced to move back to Canada. I'm leaving next week, but I still consider New York my home, my heart, my soul are here. And I've written some articles about it. I'm going to keep talking about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the, I guess you, 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 had talked about, you know, that you launched your brands when you were sort of, we were like two miles away from each other and yeah. how you are, you've kind of made your own pivots in the last couple of months. So tell me a little bit about that.
1: Well, and interestingly that you called us neighbors, because I think everyone's connected, right? New York is a big city, but it's also a village. And when I when we first connected, and I think it was through Facebook, and I looked you up on LinkedIn, and I did that again uh, yesterday, just to, for a refresher, we have a lot of people in common, and a lot of people from very different worlds and communities in common, which is what I find really interesting. Um, so... When I first, I'm gonna have to back it up a little, I've had a really diverse career. Some would say eclectic. I would say interesting, broad, deep. I've been in theater, I've been in healthcare, I was a social worker, I've been in marketing, and for the past 11 years, I ran my own business. And then in the past four or five months during the pandemic, I made a shift. And I said, I run a business, but I am not a business. I am a human being, and I am going to focus on my personal brand, which is Fireball Dina, instead of focusing on the infrastructure and exterior uh, surface of a, a company. I'm not a company. I don't have 50 people working for me. I collaborate with others. I partner up. I work with clients all over the world. So my brand is Fireball Dina. That's how I'm known. And that's what I am really focusing on and promoting now going forward to open up all kinds of different opportunities and not just narrowly coaching, consulting and speaking. Now, I still do coaching and consulting and speaking, but I've also launched my corporate comedy services and my own services and performance as a comedian and an actor. So wanted to open things up and, um, look forward instead of backwards. Yeah. I love it. I think that's the
0: right thing. I think right now it's very difficult. And I mean, I start seeing a lot of people, I mean, it's, it's the worst time to like be, mm. employed, but like, there's also a really, really, there's a, an abundance of opportunity for other people to realize that, you know, you were hired because you had some sort of talent, and yeah, maybe you won't be able to get a job in Midtown Manhattan at a restaurant today because, mm. well, I've been to them and they're completely empty. You could get a lot of parking in the city these days. It's like crazy. <laughs> I'm a
1: New Yorker. What what car? Like yeah. bus, subway, me, Uber, cab. Yeah. Westchester, Westchester. I know. Yeah, I know. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just-
0: actually. I'm very, very. It was. We drove in and we got. We got. I went in this weekend. And I got parking twice and I don't, I don't really, you know, I'm almost glad that I don't have like a huge (laughs) podcast following because I don't want that many people to take my, (laughs) to take my idea. Um, But yeah, um, I'm, you know, there's an opportunity that, well, I, I think a lot of people see that as immediate rejection that they can't, like, they don't have a job. They can't figure out how to like, I don't know if it's the right phrase, but maybe it is because you, you're doing it like to repurpose themselves to, have be, like, to, to find out how to pivot themselves in a way that might benefit them. And they won't, you know, people feel very low and, and mentally unable to perform, but there are things you could potentially do. Right. You know, it's and hard to if, find, though. I can't, it's not, it's obviously, it's not a solution for everybody, but there is, it is a solution for a lot of people that I don't think haven't seen it yet.
1: Well, I could tell you from my own experience and the experience of my clients, because I do career coaching and I love working with people who are in transition or considering changes or even rebranding because I've had so many different careers in my life. I, I joke, I get bored easily, but it's also my personality and my brain. I'm very creative and I like to try different things and I learn by doing. And the same to me, doing the same old, same old, would get boring pretty quickly. That would be scarier to me than trying something new. And with my clients, it's the same thing. Yes, trying something new is scary, especially when you're forced to, as as I am now. I don't want to leave New York, especially after 20 years. I have to. And so I'm going to make the best of it and find new opportunities and tie my Toronto and Montreal communities to my New York and U.S. communities. But the thing with change is looking at what you love to do what you're good at what is feasible what is realistic um, it may be starting as a side hustle it may be starting as a hobby uh, i started comedy for fun i've always been funny and i've always been comfortable on stage I, it's part of my origin story i have a theater degree i love performing but i never can ever considered doing stand-up comedy and it happened completely by accident, as I walked out of a singles party across through the bar and crossed the stage, and the guy who was at the microphone said something to me, and I said something back, and probably forgot about the guys who were on my arm, and just turned around, saw the microphone, and was like, what's going on here? And the next thing I knew, I'm doing stand-up comedy. Yeah,
0: that's and
1: great. And, and really transitioned. To, at first, it was just, okay, it's just for fun. It's just a hobby. You know, I talk about it to my friends and post it on Facebook. And then eventually, I put it on LinkedIn, Amateur Comedian. And then about four or five months ago, I took the word amateur out and I put it front and center. I did corporate comedy. I produced um, my first comedy fundraiser during the pandemic to to raise funds for three COVID-related charities and brought together comics that I'd never even met and found a co-producer that we've only ever met online during the pandemic. And then was hired to produce a corporate comedy video for a healthcare institution. And so I hired professional comics to do that. So it's really take what you love, start one step at a time, and and find ways just to incorporate it into your life. And you will be amazed what can happen when you bring that joy and you bring that passion into everything else that you do.
0: Yeah, 100%. I mean, I never imagined that I was going to be launching a fragrance brand coming from the tech world and things happen by accident mm-hmm. um, but you need to pursue them you need to show like everybody has I would like to think all humans have some sort of thing that they love um I can't mm-hmm. I, I don't know I do not let me let me like deviate from like the video gamers of the world because you I'm not sure you know you might you might be able to like you know start a twitch channel or something like that my son has like nine thousand followers on TikTok. Uh, wow! Yeah, because of his his videos uh, on Fortnite. So he does have that. But you know, all of these people like, they, they you could potentially find an opportunity there, uh, whether or not it's you're going to be your main gig is remains mm-hmm. to be seen. But you need to pursue it and mm. approach it with a lot of love and you know passion.
1: Mm-hmm. And make a commitment. And I'll give you an example. So you know, as a business owner, right? it seems like your business takes over your life. I used to joke. I have no boundaries between my personal, and my professional life. My friends are my clients. My clients become my friends. When my mother would come to town, I would organize a networking event slash cocktail party. Um, and she would meet my friends. And so even to this day, she's like, I'm, I'm really glad I got to meet your friends. Cause now I know you have real friends in New York. <laughs> like mom, it's a village. Like I've got a massive network here, but, um, what happened was I I, I got to a point where that lack of boundaries was not a good thing anyway. I used to think it was positive, but I needed some separation. And so it was a Friday afternoon, March, it was either 2013 or 2015. It's still in my calendar. And I said, it's a Friday afternoon. Things are a little quiet. I'm going to take an improv class. Just me time as if I worked for someone else and I said I'm taking Friday off I I told myself boss you're taking the the afternoon off and I took this improv class and it was amazing and there was a guy in the class who was incredible and it turns out he's one of the top improv performers actors teachers in North America so fast forward five or seven years later followed him on Facebook reached out to him and said hey uh, I'm moving to Toronto and I'd love to talk to you about the entertainment scene if you have any advice or just get some insights you know quick 15 20 minute call i want to respect your time well we ended up on a zoom call for three hours wow and what's come of that is we're going to be it turns out he has a background in career counseling and social work i have a background in career coaching and social work we both are in the Mm -hmm. arts as well i'm more on the business side he's more in the arts and performance side so we're going to run a series of workshops and and I'm bringing this point around to what you're saying to artists and performers and comedians and health and wellness professionals and yoginis and therapists on branding and marketing yourself, whether that's a side hustle where that's um, making money from your art and what you do and teaching those business skills and career skills and branding skills. Right. Right now. That's relevant to today. And that, came about because I decided to commit to doing something I love just for the fun of it because I needed more art and comedy in my life and 7 years later it's turning into a business opportunity in the middle of a pandemic as I'm moving to a new city.
0: Right. That's amazing. That's amazing. You're moving to a new country, <laughs> you know. Yeah.
1: Well, it's my old it, it is yeah. my home. I was born and raised in Montreal. That also people have asked me like how are you allowed to go into Canada? Well, I'm a Canadian citizen. Right. I'm not a, I'm not a dual citizen. I I actually always worked in the U.S. on a work visa, which is partly why I'm leaving now. Right. So the very thing that was the, you know, when you talk about adversity, the, the, ver- the biggest issue I had staying in the U.S., the, the challenge and the obstacle is ironically or prophetically the very thing that's allowing me to go back to Canada and start a new life there. It's not what I'd ever envisioned. I've always just assumed I would stay in New York the rest of my life. It's my home, my heart and soul are in this city. I love the energy, I love the people. I, even now, I still love it. I, I don't wanna feel like I'm abandoning it, but you know what, we will bridge the gaps between communities and countries. And now more than ever, we can collaborate online in ways we never thought we would do before. There exactly. are no There are actually no boundaries in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah, I, I have to say, like last week I attended this virtual conference and, you know I think most of us are zoomed out I mean literally our fourth month fifth month now of, of doing conferences but this was like the most fascinating conference I've ever been to. It was like if you if I, you know I I, only, I never participated in second life but it was basically like second Life meets professional um, stuff mm-hmm. you walk you you when you you log into the system you're like dropped in as an avatar which you get to customize into this virtual world. Then you walk to like you literally walk your avatar to a conference hall. You can see the com. You can interact with the exhibitors. You can talk to them. Literally talk to them. You could be moved. It's it's, it was amazing. If you're closer to an avatar, you can hear them speaking. The farther away, you obviously can't. And then when you can at these conferences, you can engage with the screen. So like you'll see in the back end, you'll see like some details and, and in, in the screen, like you can like fill out forms, you can check out the websites, you can do all these things. And that's the exhibit hall. And then you go into a conference and it's amazing. You could see people, um, who were literally like, you still have the avatar, but this time you can see their faces and you can see them. It's like a zoom call, but it's really not. And I mean, it was crazy. There was like fireworks and you could ride boats. Like it was like, like a conference experience in, in a virtual uh, world. It's all VR. It, it was, it was, it was like a, I guess you would call it really VR. It was really, yeah. It was, it was insane. It was crazy. It was pretty cool.
1: I absolutely love that. And there's so many things you said there that like, if you could see me now, I'm beaming, I'm smiling, I'm getting excited. Because one of the things that i based my career on was I, I call myself, a networking coach. I mean, I'm a business coach. I'm a career coach. Networking is my focus. I am all about people building relationships. As you can tell from these stories, you know, seven years later, (laughs) I'm a three hour zoom call. Now we're collaborating. Like that's all it takes is one conversation. I meet someone in a class. I go up to talk to them afterwards. I meet someone at a conference. They become my new partner. Um, but conferences were my happy place. Truly, any network, I'm, an, I'm a complete extrovert, like raging, raving extrovert, love people, get my energy from people, love to work with people. I don't even like being on stage alone. Like I would rather be part of a cast and crew and have other speakers with me than just take the stage by myself. It's not as much fun alone. And so what you described sounds like a true, you know, virtual reality and a reincarnation, if you will, of conferences. And I teach people how to work a room. Yeah. And so when the pandemic started and we all went into lockdown, I thought, oh, my God, my business is over. My career is over. No one's getting together in person. I talk about handshakes and conversations and making eye contact and working the room. But of course, you know, first of all, we're New Yorkers. We are New York strong and we adapt. And people started calling me for advice on networking virtually. And so I thought, well, this is what I do. This is what I know. I'm going to figure it out and started giving workshops on virtual networking and online branding and digital marketing. So, but I had not heard about this. And I think it's fantastic and I want to know more and I want to go to those conferences.
0: Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll let you know. Cause I, like I, I I was speaking to the guy who coordinated the conference that I was at last week and Mm -hmm. I told him, this is the coolest thing ever. We need to like launch this and like run this in like so many different capacities. I, I like it's, I, I, I don't know. I'm not like you. I actually took a a introvert slash extrovert slash ambivert quiz yesterday, and I thought I was pretty introverted, but I guess I'm more ambiverted, which is sort of in hybrid of the two. And that being said, I like, I want to do this again. (laughs) It's like, you know, it was fun. It was really fun. So I'll, we'll definitely, I'll definitely have to sync up with you on that.
1: I mean, I want to work for him. I want to go there. I want to speak there. I want to coach people on it. It, I think because we have the technology, yes, we're forced to use it now. Because we already have it. Yeah. Let's absolutely. let's let's use it and leverage it. No, things are not the way they've always been. They're not the way we want them to be. It's not the way we've always done it. But you know, we also say like one of the worst phrases in the whole world is, Well, we've always done it that way. You know, we have to be innovative and we have to look forward and we have to adapt and push through i mean i've been through some of the i would say probably the worst experiences in the past couple of months i had crisis after crisis like it just compounded and compounded and compounded i had actually had a job that fell through i don't know 10 hours before i was supposed to fly out to process paperwork in the middle of the pandemic it fell through at 4 30 in the afternoon wow. and that, and that was just like crisis number four out of 10. But you know what? We're, we are resilient. And the thing that helped me get through everything was partly, okay, I'm, I'm I'm lucky in that I have a positive attitude. It's in my DNA. It's part of my strengths. Positivity is just it's my personality. It's who I am. But more than that, my network, my friends, people I barely knew, people I'd met once or twice, people I've known for 20 years. Every single person I know, was just, what can we do to help? What do you need? And it's been that way nonstop. And I'm the kind of person that other people are like, can you help me? And I'm always there. What can I do to help? But people right. come to me for advice. That's, you know, one of the reasons I'm a coach. Like, I like to tell people what to do. I like to give advice. And it's usually pretty good. Um, so being on the, other, on the receiving end of all of that help and support and, and needing it was not comfortable at first. I yeah. was like, I'm strong. I'm independent. I can take care of myself. As I'm, you know, having a complete meltdown. (laughs) So, you know, that really showed, and I wrote an article about it, um, the power of a caring network in the middle of a crisis, in the middle of a pandemic, and I put it on LinkedIn because there's still very few boundaries in my life. Like, the things we learn in life are the things we apply to business, and the things we learn in business, we apply to life.
0: Right, 100%. Yeah, yeah cool well let's I guess let's move into the I don't don't want to say the crisis mode but um you know a big part of the common sense podcast is like you know you how you've risen above adversity Mm. so I I don't know if you were talking about specifically you talk about that experience but I assume you have some sort of more of the defining um moment of like when you that that was like your turning point in life so tell me a little bit about that
1: Oh, wow. I mean, I, I guess we all have more than one yeah, always. turning point. You know, yeah. there's various ones. The, the most recent one, of course, was when I had to come to the realization that I could no longer stay in New York. But even that was the adversity that led up to it, realizing financially, legally, business-wise, practically speaking, if I stayed in New York, I wouldn't go, be able to go back and see my family. And it's been like, I don't know, nine or ten months. since, And I usually travel every six weeks or so to see about my mother and about my nieces and friends um so i i had said i will do whatever it takes to stay in new york whatever it takes and when i came to the realization that i couldn't i had tried everything i possibly could and that wasn't going to work so that was a crisis but then i found okay what's the next option and the next option was okay we're gonna have to move or no, you know, whatever it takes was the next step. And everything is, I've used that whatever it takes, if it's something that really matters to you. Also letting go, like realizing that what I always wanted or what I wanted now wasn't gonna, was not an option, I had to let go of that. And once I let go, I could move forward. I mean, there's still a grieving process and emotion, but but looking at what, not what you can't do, but what you can do um so you can't see me and your audience can't see me but all you have to do is take you know look at any picture of me or read anything about me I'm really really short I'm four foot six and three quarters I'm tiny I stand out in a crowd and if you can't see me just if there's a big group of people in a room and there's a big circle in the middle and it's not social distancing it's me holding court. so yeah like people know that's how you you can't see me but you can hear me um so but even growing up, my whole life being short and being different, um, I was bullied and teased and picked on just for my size, for the most part, for my parents, But also, I was just different in that I was—I don't know—maybe I was a weird kid. Wise beyond my years. I was creative. And we're all kind of freaks and geeks and nerds and misfits and you know, awkward in our own way. So for me, I felt very left out. I felt very self-conscious. I was shy. I was insecure. Forget talking to strangers. I barely, like, I had a hard time just making friends with people I went to school with as a kid. And and I realized that, you know, being miserable was not fun. I wasn't happy being miserable. I had to do something about it. So that, for me, was the biggest, I think the most pivotal challenge and uh, turning point in my life. As like, okay, I can't can't live the rest of my life being bullied and teased and being upset about it I gotta take ownership of this and so I decided that a I was gonna like not let people get to me and also more importantly it wasn't about me I never wanted anyone else to go through what I went through I didn't want other people to feel alone or excluded um, I mean, I'm still always probably going to be picked last for sports because, you know, bad strike zone, can't play volleyball. <laughs> Not really somebody you want on your basketball team. But you, do, you would want me as your head cheerleader. So like know your strengths is, is another um, really important thing that I, I live by. Um, first of all, like helping others, right? So this is one of the reasons I became a networking coach. If anyone's having trouble, if anyone's having trouble connecting, if they don't feel included, I will do whatever it takes to make them feel included. And I'm always introducing people to each other. Even my most introverted friends will come to some of my events because they know they're going to meet somebody interesting to talk to and they're not going to feel like they have to work the entire room and they'll be comfortable and they won't be judged. And and they'll get something out of it. Um, but, yeah, know your strengths and know your weaknesses and ask for help with the stuff you're not good at.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love how you, like, you turned this obviously you know the struggle into into like something where you're obviously a winner you've completely come out of this winner and I, I I love it and I don't know honestly for me it's just thinking about moving potentially moving out of New York's New York it would be yeah. like I, yeah that that's something I, I I have to say I I applaud you for as you said like letting go I I don't know if mm. I don't know how I could do that and yeah there's definitely the grieving process, but you also have to like look at it in the way that you know. Right now, you're doing something that's the right move for now. You never know what the future's going to exactly. bring. I never exactly. knew what it was going to be. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like staying open mind. I'm focused right now. This is going to be what you know, one, two, three years. I'm going to make a life. I, I I've already. As I said, I'm collaborating on workshops and I met another woman from Toronto at a net, at a Toronto networking event, because I don't, I don't mess around when I do something, I go all in. So as soon as I made the decision to move to Toronto, I said, well, I'm going to start going to Toronto networking events. Now, another benefit of the pandemic, right? And I don't say benefit, but it is, you, you take advantage where you can find it. So like three or four weeks ago, I, I went on this Toronto networking group. I said I'm moving in whenever I'm moving, you know, I wasn't sure at that point when it would be, and I want to start building relationships and building my network. And I was welcomed with open arms. And one woman there even said, She goes, I lived in New York for ten years and it was the happiest time of my life. She says, I still any song about New York, any movie, any TV show. And so I said, well, I'm starting a support group slash networking group slash social group slash drinking group for New Yorkers in Toronto or people who, you know, former New Yorkers, people who love New York. She's like, can I join? I'm like, you're officially the first member. (laughs) You know, so like, again, where there is a problem, there's also an opportunity. So there's going to be a bunch of expats. There's, there's, I reached out to another guy I know who's in the comedy world. It's like, are you in Toronto? He goes, yeah. He goes, I, I went during the pandemic. He's also Canadian. Well, he's doing so And he goes, there's a bunch of us here. So as soon as you arrive, let me know. And we're all going to get together and go for drinks. I'm like, great. Um, and then the other thing I did. So yeah, workshop. And so one of the women in that group, she is a brilliant, successful businesswoman, serial entrepreneur. And her focus is on the financial and logistics and operations. That's not my strong suit. My strong suit is the networking and the marketing and the branding and the creative parts of it. So after two phone calls, we decided we're collaborating and we're going to run a series of workshops and programs and courses and services for business owners on managing the financial health of their business and also the personal, interpersonal relationships and networks to bring in the sales and manage the money and be successful. And then, (laughs) should I take a break? Because there's more.
0: Yeah, go ahead. Keep going.
1: (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm doing comedy classes online for fun, open mics and shows. Met someone on one of the open mics, ended up taking this class. In that class, I met someone else. He and I started talking. We decided to help each other with our, like have a writing buddy. Cause again, I don't like Duke stuff alone. I find that when you play off of other people, it's much richer It's diverse opinions and you can have conflict and arguments and also agree on things. And it's just much more interesting. So what started out as, hey, do you want to write together and give each other feedback on our jokes is now a full-fledged online talk show. We've had two episodes already, three episodes actually. Three. It's called All of Them, a conversation about everything. And my co-host, Franz Cayo, and I have never met in person. We met a couple of months ago online. We were going to try to meet in person this weekend in Central Park to do an open mic and we've launched our own talk show.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. So you're making it work. And that's the thing. It's amazing that, you know, you know, there's no shortage of opportunity, If but you have to have a mindset, an open mind to mm. seek that no matter where you physically are on the planet, there's going to be somewhere you can help, especially now, because mm. we don't have the geography, forget geography for a moment. It's, All online. And as long as you basically are connected to the Internet, you can make most of most anything happen.
1: That Internet connection, as you know, because you lost it for a few days. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that connection. Metaphorically, figuratively, literally, connection is what it's about. And there's an expression we use in social work, which I think applies to anything in life. Those who are the most isolated are the most at risk. Right, And so when I was working in social work and I was working in hospitals and I was dealing with patients and their families, you always wanted to assess somebody's support structure and their support system. And, and I brought that into the business world as well, right? People who are the most isolated are the most at risk, but the more you bring people around you, the more opportunities, the more help. And, and we all want to help. We don't just... It, it really is give and receive, ask and offer. So one of the articles I wrote recently was also... I called it Favour to Offer, Favour to Ask, which was the exact title of the email I sent out when I was living in Westchester, February 2009, for the very first workshop I ever gave. And it came about because of a lunch with a bunch of women who were all out of work. And we were all kind of coming together to commiserate and give each other advice about looking for work. And I started talking about networking and the woman sitting across from me, Susan Cohn, and to this day, she's one of my closest friends. We met that day. She looked me straight in the eye. I didn't even know her. She said, that's what you should do for a living. You should teach people how to network. Right. And I sent an email after that lunch, favor to offer, favor to ask. I'd like to give a workshop on networking for job search skills. And what I'm asking you to do is come with an open mind and invite your friends. It will be free. Give me honest feedback. That was the very first official workshop I gave as Fireball Dina and uh, launched my business because of that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, So, and I'm still doing it. So even though the structure may change this advice, I would give people, things may look different. You may be in a different location. It may be a different job. You may be self-employed. You may not be, but just go back to what you like to do, what you're good at, how you can serve others and be of value.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know it's a testament to the mindset but I, I and like I'm hoping if people are listening to this they can take away the fact that it all comes down to mindset. you need to believe it and you need to know that you can and that you can bounce back I mean this is a yeah. really difficult time for everybody I think it's really important to see I mean everybody has strengths and maybe some of those are, are potentially being you know taken mm-hmm. from under you this the, they sweep the rug from under your feet but there's something there and there's an opportunity
1: um, that abounds. Yeah. So, so yeah. good point. Mi- mindset certainly, and of course, that you know, it starts there or ends there. But along with the mindset, you have to have resources and you have to be willing to ask for help and and that's hard you have to have the mindset mindset that it's okay to ask for help i mean every every day that i had to ask for help i felt like a little less than felt like oh i can't take care of myself what's wrong with me but i also felt you know what this is a learning experience this is i'm i'm giving my friends a chance to help me and they want to the same way i help them and i have a i have a in a red frame it's a like a greeting card basically it says live life believing anything is possible right and i am packing that in my suitcase with me so i can take it wherever i'm staying at an airbnb or in quarantine or at my mother's until i find an apartment i want that in front of me every single day now live life believing anything is possible Okay, anything is not possible. We know that. (laughs) Like, I'm never going to be a basketball player. I'm never going to be a rocket. It is
0: 2020, though, so anything is
1: possible. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) But living your life believing that it's possible and working towards it with that joy and commitment and positivity, to me, that's how I choose to live my life. Right. I know that not everything will work out. Not everything is possible, but... If it's meaningful and it helps others and it serves a greater good, then I will do whatever it takes, and I will fight for my friends and for myself and for my clients. Um, and you know, we are—we really are in this together, in different circumstances, certainly. And um, you know, I know I'm still, even with what I've gone through, I'm still very privileged, and I want to use the opportunities and the resources I have to make a bigger difference in the world. That's really, really important.
0: Absolutely. All right. Let's jump into um, your self-care routine. Hopefully you have time to do some of that in the context of packing and trying to relocate to a a different country.
1: Wow. So funny you should ask that because right before (laughs) I got onto this, I was playing, I was like, I need some music to get me into the headspace. For this conversation not that it's really hard like I love conversation as soon as I start talking to somebody I, I'm, I'm happy I'm not happy when I'm by myself because I'm an extrovert but I, I put on um, All That Jazz with Bebe Neuwirth from Chicago I love musical theater I'm a Broadway baby like my favorite dance class is theater dance I also take tap and jazz and ballet and ballroom dancing and I actually actually ex- accidentally or I'd pack my ballroom dance shoes and wrote it on the box in big letters that they were in there and I'm like I'm crazy I just ripped open the box and pulled the mountains and these are coming with me so dancing for me does a lot that just puts me in my positive frame of mind I've danced since I was a little girl um also comedy of course is is a self-care for me making time to write comedy and to take comedy class and to do open mics That self-care. I also like yoga. Yeah, breathing and stretching, moving around, and um, I'd say anything with chocolate in it is self-care for me too. Yeah, yeah,
0: I'm with (laughs) you. But but for me, I can't. I draw the line on white or dark, so it's only in the middle, baby.
1: Oh, expand your horizons tomorrow. <laughs> Trust me, I've
0: I've tried. I've tried. Well, you know, I used to love white chocolate, but I, or when I was younger, I didn't really my palate has been sim- simply more refined. <laughs> now oh. I only like milk chocolate. I know I I don't some of some of the food foodies out there might disagree with me. But...
1: I don't know if it's a question of fine because now we just put a value judgment on what kind of chocolate <laughs> you like and I'm not sure we should I mean there's enough reasons but like not good reasons but we're we're labeling people enough too much as it is let's not put a value judgment on your chocolate preference <laughs> one of my one of my friends who's also my lawyer who I adore and she's taken such great care of me um, she only likes chocolate with nuts in it and oh, wow. pretty much the only chocolate I don't like, I don't like nuts in my chocolate. It's not that I don't like the chocolate, I'll pick the nuts out. But um, yeah, I, I love all, cho- all
0: chocolate equally. Good for you. Good for you. I kind of wish I was you because I would love to, I, obviously milk, milk chocolate is not as healthy as dark chocolate and I would love to love dark chocolate. I've tried, but uh, you know, it, it is an acquired taste and I don't know if I have the patience for that.
1: <laughs> so It's really good when it's in a liqueur. Because yeah, there's, I don't remember which brand it is, and I know we're not getting sponsorship from them, so it doesn't we don't need to name them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Unless you know that person. Maybe next brand time. Of alcohol. They missed, they missed they their
0: chance. Yeah. Cho-
1: they make dark chocolate, white chocolate, and milk chocolate liqueurs, and they are delicious.
0: Yeah, I will tell you, I have had dark chocolate liqueurs that have been good, but I don't know if I can have a bar of dark, like Hershey's Special Dark. Uh huh. Mm. nope.
1: I will tell you. Actually, thinking of self-care, the the first three weeks of the pandemic, and everyone's like, "Oh, we're baking and we're eating healthy and we're doing." I had coffee and chocolate chips for breakfast every morning for like two weeks. That was it. Like that was all I could deal with. Well,
0: that's good. It's. And
1: it's, I'm not saying it was healthy. It was. It nobody was needs tasty, to know. But that was my self-care. I'm admitting it to the world coffee with cream and sugar or milk and sugar and or maple syrup excuse me I put maple syrup in my coffee because I'm Canadian and I love maple syrup maple syrup goes on anything but that was it and and big baking milk chocolate baking chips or chocolate chips that was my breakfast for like six weeks
0: yeah well that's a good breakfast I, I can't I can't I can't fault you for that one
1: it got me oh, through hard times. Time. <laughs> no, it's just do what you have to, right? Adversity. You gotta work it.
0: you gotta work it. I don't
1: care. <laughs> Mindset. Yep. Yep. I can that. That's do important.
0: This. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, all right. Let me let me ask you one final question. Um, and that is the I guess your common sense question. Um, the question that I have for you is if you can give an earlier version of Fireball Dina a piece of advice, what would you tell her?
1: Wow. What a great question. What would I tell my younger self?
0: Okay, I love that question. I love the pause.
1: Oh, there's so, so much. much. Um, you know, ask a coach for advice. Like an hour later, she's still talking. <laughs> yeah, Keep <laughs> have keep it. Keep it, it. And there's keep three it bullet points. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got a 10-point climb going already for my younger self. No, I think it would be trust Trust, in yourself and trust trust in people people. like Like stop stop being being so worried about about being judged and about how other people because we're we're all self-conscious in our own ways but opening up more and letting people see the messy I mean I'm a fireball and I'm also a hot mess we all are so letting people see and appreciate and love that hot mess sooner rather than later would have been helpful but if I had had that advice early on, I might not be where I am today. So I still look at that pain and that suffering as a blessing because it compelled me to do what I do now. Think if I had had a happy childhood, you know, I wouldn't be the kind of coach I am now and I wouldn't be the kind of comic I am now. So.
0: Right. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Awesome. Well, okay. Let me ask you the final question. Where can our listeners find you
1: everywhere i love to connect i'm an extrovert have i mentioned that three times already um not
0: three times maybe (laughs) maybe two
1: yeah my my handle is fireball dina spelled d-e-e-n-a so fireball dina on instagram on twitter i am on linkedin as dina Bakowitz. i'm on facebook Uh, My website is in progress, so I'd say just give that a few weeks, and then it will be, I have a really old website up right now, my old Fireball Network website, but um, you can find me anywhere. I mean, call, text, email, Zoom, WhatsApp, Skype. I I really love talking to people. And I'm also a member of a lot of different organizations. I think that's something important um, for people to join groups or try different ones out. And take an active role in them when you do.
0: Cool. Awesome. All right. And I just want to make sure when people follow you on LinkedIn that Bankowitz is B-A-I-K-O-W-I-T-Z.
1: That's right. Oh, and YouTube, of course. So the new show, I would love for people to watch the show. It's called All of Them, A Conversation About Everything.
0: All right. I'm getting on that show. We're going to talk about that.
1: Yes. We would love to have you as a guest.
0: Cool. Cool. All right. I'm in awesome well thank you so so much Dina this has been so amazing I wish you the best on your move and thank you um, you know we're connected now so and and moving to Canada even though we were kind of neighbors for a while like I I, I know for sure with you mm-hmm. for sure that it's not that, that this this is not going to change anything
1: no I'm going global I'm expanding my network awesome cool thank, thank you, again. you for the opportunity I really enjoyed getting to know you yeah yeah likewise
0: Thank you all again for tuning in. This is your host, Tamar Weinberg of the Common Sense Podcast. Till next time.